Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Thanks so much for joining us back again on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike Randall here with my partner, Gus Kearns. Gus, it's a celebration day for the first time in over two years. I want to wager against Kansas. Outstanding. We covered by half point. Well, happy Valentine's Day, Mike Randall. Happy Valentine's Day. That's a great gift, huh? Wow, that's better than a box of chocolates or some flowers. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Mike and I are so thankful for you guys to find us on the dial and and, and dial us up here. We uh, have a couple of things to go through. We know that you could have been anywhere else on the dial. So thank you for spending some time with us here, Mike and Gus. We appreciate that without question. We'll just jump into the rundown right away. And then we have a couple of cool things uh, later on in the podcast for the listeners to dive into. That sound good? Yeah, partner. I feel like right now the college basketball season is completely taking off. After the release of those brackets and those projected 16 seeds, things are going to happen quickly. You're wrapping up conference play. We're going to start getting the conference tournament soon. The Big Ten is going to be out here at Madison Square Garden before we know. We saw the signs when we were there for the Bucks knicks game the other week. Things are coming quickly. March Madness, Selection Sunday will be here. I feel like the accelerator, we're in, what is it, Mach 5 right now, I feel. We're headed rapidly towards Selection Sunday. It's the best time of year. It's fantastic. Yeah, you want to have a couple more things defined. You want the end of conference season to help define those elements. And then you hope that there's a little wackiness, a little wildness. And you hope a couple other things keep the script uh, in the conference tournaments because you don't want to have some of your favorites not be included in the March Madness. Today, of course, uh, for people who are the Christian religion, it's also Ash Wednesday as well as uh, Lent starts. And uh, Gus, tell me, I can't believe you're making the ultimate sacrifice today. You are recording the podcast with myself knowing that you're going to miss some of Nevada Boise State. And also, and can you explain to me also how Nevada is an underdog in that game? (laughs) We all make sacrifices. This is one of the great sacrifices that we make for our listeners out there. Of course, we'll just flip the channel over if we go over and that game goes on while we're trying to record. So just to talk a bit about that, that's crazy. Uh, the metrics speak that uh, Boise sh- – I'm sorry, uh, that Nevada should be favored by a smidge, not a ton, maybe a smidge, maybe a point, maybe a half point. Um, and, but Boise favored by three. Interesting move by Vegas. You want to see if that holds true. You know where my heart is here. My head is also in the exact same place. So if we're going to talk, we're going to talk Wolfpack basketball right at the top of the podcast. This is going to be a great podcast moving forward. Sorry, sorry, I uh, I missed that. I was just putting more money down on Nevada. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> if gambling was legal, um, of hypothetical, hypothetical, hypothetical. So let let's dive into the games on Tuesday very quickly, Mike. Uh, for the listeners out there, there are a couple of big games, couple of games with ranked teams uh, this weekend. We'll make sure that we hit you up with the mid-major podcast. Got to we'll, listen we'll, to it. The, 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 the reviews – Gus is very modest. The reviews of the mid-major podcast are coming in like Niagara Falls. People <laughs> love it. It's fantastic. He covers so many games my partner does. I mean he's superior. We know that. I've done that my whole life. But really, the mid-major podcast, you got to listen to it, folks. It's outstanding. They're, they're, look, obviously, we'll give you a little rundown of um, the game this evening. Uh, in the Mountain West. Uh, I'll try to break it down the best I can for you. Uh, but then we'll also have a couple of other stops along the way. So, you know, we're, we're going to try to cover a little bit of everything for you. And Mike, I think we got a couple of things, like a couple of goodies lined up for the listeners in the weeks to come, right? We got some surprises for them, right? Yeah. You, you think you're going to have Kevin Willard on on Saturday? Because I don't think he's going to have a job. He should be available on Saturday to come on the mid-major podcast now. <laughs> Xavier up 17. <laughs> hey, I didn't take a shot at him last podcast. I have to start this one, right? I mean, True, true. You felt like that game was going to be a little bit more live, a little bit more competitive, and no, 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 it's not. Uh, let's dive into the games. We'll, we'll leave uh, uh, the Mountain West like absolute showdown uh, to later on. 
I think I have to touch on uh, Xavier uh, Seton Hall a little bit later as well. So we'll make sure that we get hit that up as well. Hey, how about Notre Dame and UNC? You felt like with Matt Farrell back, a little bit of desperation added in. Notre Dame drops a game to UNC, 66-83. Is this going to be the lineup for UNC for 30 minutes a game from here on out? It's going to be Barry. It's going to be Williams. It's going to be Theo Pinson. It's going to be Luke May. It's going to be Cam Johnson. The Frosh bigs like Manley and Brooks are going to play 10-ish minutes a game uh, just for a little change of pace. But the small lineup here... Is this what Roy is going to move? Is going to do moving forward? Is he going to say to everybody else, "Deal with it. We're not playing our traditional way." Coach Roy Williams deserves huge credit for playing out of character here and finding success with a lineup that he is uncomfortable with playing. This year, he might be a better coach than he has been the past two years, and this is as a defending national champion and as a uh, national championship runner-up with a different roster. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. And also, shouldn't we include Roy in the top six, five, six, seven coaches of the year maybe because of this success that he's finding with this lineup? Does this UNC like quote unquote death lineup to steal like a, you know, Golden State Warrior jargon or the lack of traditional big uh, show some holes? Is Notre Dame going to make the tournament? They have any shot here in March or are they just already toast and done? Roy Williams is a great coach. And you know me, I am a huge supporter and believer in great coaching. I think great coaching matters. I love great coaches pulling upsets. I, I tend to look down on teams that don't have great leadership in March. I did the solo podcast last night about the teams in the middle. Yeah. And there's only three teams partner since mm-hmm. the tournament expanded in 85 to 64 teams that have won the national title, that have not been in the top four, those middle mm-hmm. teams. One of which was the Villanova Wildcats in 85 with Raleigh Massimino, tremendous great, coach, right? Great coach. Great One coach. was 1988, Danny Manning and the Miracles. Oh, they had Larry Brown. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. Okay. Le- legendary. And then UConn, which is the outlier, wins it in 2014. It's the not the UConn Huskies. It's the UConn Shabazz Napiers. They had it with Kevin Ollie. I remember talking to you. I didn't think Kevin Ollie was a good coach then. I didn't think he was going to be a good coach. I think he hit lightning in the bottle. People said, it's nuts. The whole thing, that's fine. Okay, well, now they're holding him signs. They want him gone. And they needed two Almeida Bryna free throws in the first round to beat St. Joe's, which annoys me because I like St. Joe's to beat them and to beat Nova in the next round. Roy Williams is a phenomenal coach. That's something that UNC has that not many schools have. Yes, this lineup and with the adjustments he's made – could absolutely send them into an elite eight. I don't see them going to Final Four. I don't. But they okay. could they could send them to elite eight. Absolutely. They're usually pretty solid. Name another coach, Gus, that's more reliable than Roy Williams in the tournament, which you're gonna say is funny, because remember when he was at Kansas, it was the opposite. But Correct. all those Shashevsky, all those guys have been up and down sometimes, you know, the back to back. Roy's usually consistent. As far as Notre Dame, if Bonzi Colson comes back, maybe they get some magic together. But right now, even if they make the tournament, they're not going to do much. They're just Farrell's trying to get back in shape. He was three of eighteen in this game. I don't believe in that, Notre Dame, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's brutal. Uh if you want your star to go three of eighteen, you have zero chance against a high caliber team like UNC. Kind of with you on Roy Williams. I think he gets undersold. He should be in the conversation at that six, seven, eight, nine spot. That that's where he needs to be this year and, and also every year and because he's coaching a little bit out of character. How about TCU and West Virginia? I kind of thought TCU would be a little bit more live, keep it a little bit closer, be a little bit more competitive here. TCU drops the game 66-82 to West Virginia. Is West Virginia all right again, or are they not all right? This team is absolutely one of the vexing teams in, in college basketball this entire season. I tried to at least attempt to figure out like what in the world, West Virginia, how can we, what's the per- barometer, right? What are, what are we using to figure them out? Is it is it Javon Carter steals? No. Is it Kanate blocks? No. Is it Coach Huggins like barstool shots? No. It just might be sophomore James Bolden's impact effect. Here are some stats just to back that up. January 20th, win against Texas, 19 points, 19 minutes. January 22nd, loss at TCU. Three points in 12 minutes. February 12th, win at TCU. 14 points in 17 minutes. He just might be the player to pay attention to for this team moving forward. I'm not sure if he's the end-all, tell-all, but if we're talking like, you know, barometers and and, and weather, like it's they're just too unpredictable to forecast, even for any expert meteorologist like you or myself, Mike. Um, so, Mike... What's the weather report on West Virginia? And 
what's the weather report for them this president's weekend? Can we figure them out or are we just going to keep like guessing and, and grasping at straws? West Virginia's a wait and see. You're going to have to see the way the bracket lies. West Virginia's a team that's gone to the final four. Huggins has made two. West Virginia's a team that goes out in the first round. It's going to end up with the matchups. It comes down to the matchups always. That's what sports is, especially when you're talking about end of season one and done. I can find a path that West Virginia could make the final four. Ready? Here come the headlines. Bob Huggins makes his third final four. Has a great point guard, which is what he's always had when he's made a final four. Harking Mm. back to the clips of Deshaun Butler and him hugging Deshaun there on the floor in the final four. And now here's Javon Carter. And Javon Carter's leading the team. And Issa Ahmad joined in the second half of the year. And Kanate's got blocks with two hands again. You can see it, can't you? But you can also see this team not being able to throw the ball in the ocean for about 30 of the 40 minutes in a game and getting upset in the first round against New Mexico State. I can see both scenarios. I can see both scenarios happening. It's going to come down to the matchups. You'd like to see them be a little more consistent. It just doesn't seem like they have the offensive firepower. And also, Gus, doesn't seem like they're turning people over anymore like they were in the beginning of the year. A little bit of a a market correction there. Tiny bit of good scouting and coaching on the other end in the Big 12. I think those are both parts of the equation of why maybe that's not happening. And also, like we've talked about on the podcast a lot, like you only have a certain number of efforts in the way that they play. They definitely only have a certain number of efforts. Like it's only humanly possible to do that and get up to do that a certain number of times per season. Maybe that number has expired already. I'm it's one not of sure. My, it's one of my favorite phrases that you say, and I've stolen it because I think it's so very true. In fact, you can use it when you're looking at spreads. You can look. At, you can use it when you're looking at end-of-season conference tournaments. It's uh-huh. very true. I, I've st- you, you, should, you should trademark that and go in Shark Tank. The team only has a certain amount of efforts, and sometimes the, the reason they don't play well is they ran out of efforts. Absolutely nope. true. No matter how good the coaching is, no matter how good yep. the nutrition yep. program is, no matter how good, no matter how talented the players are, sometimes so well. you only have amount that amount of mental and physical efforts. Preach, uh, Gus. I just like saying that every podcast. I'm gonna try to say it every time. <laughs> Preach, my brother. Uh, thank you. Okay, so let's go. Um, how about Baylor in Texas? Since we're gonna, you know, talk Big Twelve stuff, Mike, your Baylor Bears, Bears will just not. Quit. No, they won't give it up. It a day, a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, thanks. All right. How thankful is this group that Terry Masson is back? Right, Terry Masson comes back from injury and he just blows up this game. And he's been playing well upon return of that injury. Uh, Twenty-six and six in a huge road game here for the Bears. Much needed game for them to be very live in March and to be a factor. Texas is just really flighty. Some days they look like a Sweet 16 team. Other days they look like they don't even belong in the tournament. Mike, what's going to happen here with both Baylor and Texas? Uh, do we have – let's play one, both, or none. Are, 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 are one of these teams going to make a run in March? Are they both capable of making a run in March? Or are neither one of them going to do anything in March and maybe one doesn't even make the tournament? What's going to happen here with Baylor and Texas with Baylor getting a nice double over T win – 74-73 against Texas. Number one, both are making the tournament. You can lock it up. You can lock Ooh. it up. After seeing the way they seeded that top 16 and Oklahoma getting a four seed, and the okay. only logic to that is Trey Young, they want Mo Bamba in this tournament. They've been pretty strong this year. If Andrew Jones was able to, to play this year, they would have been even better. Both teams are making the tournament. Baylor's coming on like a house of fire. No one can figure out the zone, right, Gus? Because when you go to a zone in the second half, everybody just <laughs> slows down. Well, the only teams that really play the zone consistently effectively are Syracuse and Baylor. I think they're both making it, and I think Baylor is a tremendous Treme- they're in a tremendous position as a difficult matchup that no one's going to want to play. And Terry Maston, by the way, you're totally right. I loved him last year. He's very underrated. Got hurt. He came back. He is the microwave. Terry Maston is Vinnie Johnson of the Pistons in the 80s. He's the microwave. He comes off the bench and he's ready to score, which is really helpful when Clark, Vital, and Jake Lindsay have a combined 12 points in a double overtime game. It's not what you're looking for. I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, I think they need some scoring. Maston definitely provides that. Okay, so let's take a look at uh, Oklahoma and Texas Tech. So with Oklahoma and Texas Tech, we had two ranked teams. We had two teams that were in the bracket preview, and we also have two teams that are fighting to get some position in the Big 12. Number 22, Oklahoma, drops the game to number 7, Texas Tech, 
88. And by the way, what else does Keenan Evans need to do to get a first-team All-American nod, right? How about 26 points in a game versus the current co-leader of the National Player of the Year? You know, you can say Trey Young or, or Brunson or, or if you want to go a different direction. While our guy, Zaire Smith, goes for 13, 3, and 4 while playing 33 minutes and playing the perfect Robin role to Keenan Evans' Batman. Okay, speaking of Player of the Year, where are we with Trey Young? Are we off him yet as Player of the Year? Can an O for whatever from three-point land and six turnovers keep him in the player of the year race? I, I know Texas Tech is stout. You know he's matched up against you know high-level defenders here. You know Beard always runs a great defensive system. Much like their Purdue script that allows Haas to go for his and the Gonzaga quick, uh, quick double teams on, on the initial Jacques Landell uh, paint touches, it seems like Trey and Oklahoma also have a script and some holes now. Forget about holes. I think make those potholes. Can Coach Kruger fill those potholes before the next storm or the next water main break? Or are people just going to be driving through Oklahoma and their car going bang, 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 bang on all these potholes? What is the deal here? Trey Young is listed at 6'2", 180. That is not true. He is not 6'2", and he is not 180. He's getting worn down partner. That's what's happening. He's getting worn yeah. down. He's a phenomenal player. He's going to bulk up a little bit like Steph Curry did. He's going to be great in the NBA. That, no problem there. He's right. getting worn down. He has absolutely no help whatsoever. Brady Manick, I'm good because my mom says I'm good, is very hit or miss. He needs to be set up and either he's hot or he's not hot, much like Kansas. You know in the first five minutes what his deal is. Odoms has not been great for them. He only had two points in this game. Trey Young, if Oklahoma doesn't turn it around, I can't give Trey Young the player of the year. I do believe that every award that's given in sports, and I've talked about this with Cy Youngs in baseball, is somewhat of a team award. I I do believe – I'm not a big fan of the MVP being on a last place team. Okay. Now you want to say this is player of the year, I guess, but historically, man, it has not been given to just the player of the year. If that was the case, they're just going to look at the leading scorer in the country every year, who's somebody from a very small division one school. Who's the guy who gave the trivia question to me last Chris, year? Chris Clemens. Yeah, Chris Clemens. Who the other guy was that led the country in scoring is two years ago? Uh, Marcus Keene. That's a Keene. Like, why doesn't yeah. he win it then? Because right. they're not, they're in free fall. They're 16 and nine, they're six and seven in conference. Unless they improve and really get stay in the top 25, which will be out after this loss, I can't give it to him if they're like a seven seed in the tournament. I can't. And that means to me, the player of the year, it's mm-hmm. not the most valuable player. But if you asked me right now and the tournament was seeded right now, the most right. valuable player to his team in the entire country is Keenan Evans. That wow. is the answer because I'm without Keenan Evans, this Texas Tech team isn't even sniffing a top two seed. Without Trey Young, if they're a seven seed, you're going to say maybe they wouldn't be in the tournament. I'll take the guy who catapults his team from maybe in the tournament barely to like a two seed. And by the way, they're winning the Big 12 right now. They're in first place in the Big 12. Okay. That guy to me gets the nod, even though Trey Young is obviously incredibly inval- valuable to his team. So I think Oklahoma's got to right the ship. I am not a Trey Young for Player of the Year guy, even though he's leading the country in points and assists, which has never been done, if they don't turn it around and get some more wins. I'd love to see him around 21, 22 wins, something like that. They get that, then that's fine. If they don't, and if you want me to tell you who the most valuable player is, it's Keenan Evans. Because Texas Tech, my friend, could stop Bill Self's winning streak of 13 years, 13 consecutive seasons in the Big 12, and they could get a two seed. And if things break right, they could get a one seed. So are you telling me right now Keenan Evans is first team All-America? If I was voting, 100%. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I don't think that's even an issue Be- because I, this guy, he's been incredible for that. He's the only guy for them. He's been amazing. Go up to a random guy, not Gus who's got an encyclopedia in his brain of every team. Go up to a random guy. You think they're going to talk to you about Zach Smith? Oh, he got injured. Zaire Smith? Who's that? They're not going to tell anybody else in this team. It's Keenan Evans, and they're winning the Big 12. Yeah, he's been he's been amazing. Coach Beard has done a great job. What a turnaround for this program after uh, Bob Knight leaves. They absolutely hit rock bottom, and he's come back in and made this team not only relevant, but a threat, a legit threat for the Final Four. Legit. Like, no doubt. Unbelievable job! I, I think that I think the Keenan Evans first team All America train is is going to get pretty crowded. So I hope you're going to make some room for other people on it. Uh, how about Texas A and M and Mizzou? 
Speaking of two teams that we want to see make a little push towards March, uh, number 21, Texas A&M, drops the game to Mizzou, 58-62. A&M, it's like a ping-pong game. Back and forth, forth and back. They're going to make the Final Four. No, they're out of the tournament completely. They're ranked. No, they're not ranked. Let's let the roster is whole. No, the roster is not whole. We're suspended. We're hurt. Just like ping, 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 ping. You don't even know where to look. So, Mike, does this game change the narrative here? Stick with me. Just, just stick with me here on this one. Do we just leave Texas A&M alone until they win two in a row, and 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 just wait to see if they're if they're whole or what? Or do we need to promote Mizzou? onto the bubble and into the tournament and start talking about them as a legit threat to make the tournament. So Coach Martin should be in the conversation as like one of the best coaching jobs in the year after you lose a lottery pick in year one of your rebuild and you're still in the you're still in the running to make the NCAA dance. So Mike, what do you do with both of these teams here? Are are what what do we do with Texas A? Do we just throw up our hands? And what do we do with uh, Missouri? Do we celebrate them and say, like, wow, this is an unbelievable coaching job? Where are we at with both of these teams? Missouri, Kwanzaa Martin is such an underrated job. He's not going to win any Coach of the Year uh, uh, awards, but he's been phenomenal. Missouri's going to make the tournament, absolutely. And I still think, I said this, the SEC is going to have the most teams in. So they've yeah. been great. Even if Porter Jr. doesn't come back, I think they're live. They can definitely win a game in the tournament, absolutely. Texas A&M, what a bizarre season. Start the season 7-0, and lose to Arizona 7-1. and Win four games in a row, then lose five games in a row. Then win two games in a row against Ole Miss and home against Missouri. Then lose two games in a row at LSU and at Kansas. Then win four games in a row. We're all jumping back on the train because they have back-to-back wins at Auburn, home against right. Kentucky, and really a blowout. They put a 50-burger in the second half, and then they go to Missouri and do a stinker. I don't know. I, I give up with Texas A&M. They had the bad mojo. It doesn't look like Kenny has any discipline on that team. So I like them. They're very talented. I just think you have to figure out if they're going to play, and that's really hard to do. But man, could they cause some? Could they win the SEC tournament? One hundred percent. It's just, but that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. They're just. They're gosh. They're. It's like playing bingo. Like you don't know what numbers coming out. Texas A&M is a box of chocolates. To, to quote Forrest Gump, no idea what you're getting. And that's the problem. But they do have the potential. They are good. Those bigs are tough. You know who did not fall flat on their face after dropping a really tough Down open. screen, back screen. I'm sorry. I'm getting in the perfect position to talk into the microphone because I know where it is. It's at 46 degrees. Okay. I am here. <laughs> uh, number one, UVA wins at Miami, 59-50. So... I guess with Miami, right, Mike? Like, are the in, the injuries plus NBA uh, FBI fog plus pace of play? Are, are they just gonna all catch up with Miami all in a hurry here, and it's just gonna get really ugly, and it's gonna be like a like I don't know, like a messy car crash? Is it just gonna be even too much for even Coach Laranega to deal with? Uh, UVA falls right back into character with a nice grinded out win. Are we okay with everything here? Like, everybody okay with this? This is this is my UVA take. Everybody okay with this? That, that Hunter's the best player on that team, and he's the best NBA prospect. Is everybody okay with that? So underrated. Criminally. Yeah. Any other any other team he's on right now, he's talked about as a top five pick. You're scoring 22 Gus in Virginia. That means you're scoring right. 107 in Kansas. That's what that means. Everybody okay with that? And by the way, did you see that nasty throwdown follow-up dunk he did? Uh, yeah. I believe We got that? Yes. Yeah, I, I think we're okay. So, my <laughs> – Mike, we're still okay with UVA, right? And Mike, is Miami on a dangerous path here? Are they in a little bit of trouble? Sorry, wait. I went to 48 degrees on the microphone. Let me get back to 47 in honor of Virginia. Everything in perfect position. My, <laughs> my I don't think it's the FBI thing, man. I think that's over. It, it okay. Is, I mean, it's cleared. Uh, the It's the Bruce Brown injury. You know, Bruce Brown yeah, is, is very yeah. valuable. Well, I right. put him on my third team All-American. That was a mistake. But I could argue that he's one of the top 15 most valuable players. He does everything for that team. He's a superb athlete. They Tri- don't have a, this year. Yeah, they don't have a lot of yeah. five-star players on that team. So I don't think it's that. I just think that the you, you can't – they're a Jenga puzzle. If you take Bruce Brown off, they're in a lot of trouble. It's like t- you know they're taking a key guy off of any team. Look at Villanova's struggle. Villanova loses tonight to Providence. Providence just got their doors blown off a few days ago by DePaul at home. I mean, you know, you lose a couple guys. It's, it's, right, it's, really, right, very, right, right. it's really very different. Virginia's wonderful. They're fantastic. They, I sent out that tweet. They get in perfect position. They really right. do defensively off the ball. They're beautiful to watch. Jack Salt knows his role. 
Everybody knows their role. They rarely take bad shots. And thank you for your comments about Hunter. He is a phenomenal freshman that no one is talking about. On any other program, he would be touted like those great freshmen were last year. Tremendous player. Great job by Tony Bennett. Love UVA. I've come around. And listen, kudos to you. You were on the Hunter train from the start. You pointed him out and said, like, hey, you know, he could be a difference maker moving forward. And he's absolutely proving you right 100%. Uh, Another team that you've been on the train with, Michigan State, number two in the nation, absolutely blows Minnie's doors off 87 to 57. Such a shame. Man, uh, two months ago, this would have been a game of the year. Oh, I I was just saying, like, I was just thinking, like, if we go hit the rewind button seven weeks ago, Seven weeks ago, this is just like an awesome game in the Big Ten, right? But now it's just another blowout game for Sparty. So, yo, holy smokes, Jaron Jackson. This kid's pretty good. I mean, he's on you know NBA radars and stuff, but 27, 6, 3 assists, 3 blocks, 5 made threes in 22 minutes? Are you joking me? Are you insane? That What do those numbers even mean? Is this the guy that's going to drag Michigan State to the Final Four and not Bridges? Mike, this is a good problem to have if you're Sparty. Is this is this still your team to win the whole thing? It is because we talked last time. Everybody has warts. Now, I'm going to move past the bad karma that we've talked about there. I'm right. not dismissing it or making light of it at all, but this is a college basketball podcast, and we're going to talk about them in the light of, of, of how they're going to do in the tournament. I know turnovers have been their ward, really nothing else, to be honest. Their guard play, I believe in. I don't know why. You know, Gus, sometimes I believe in teams that I, sh- I, I shouldn't, and I, I don't believe in teams that I should. Right. I, I think their guard play is, is, is very serviceable. How about that? I, it's not Carson Edwards. We know that. But I, no. I, I think it's very, very – I think it's well above the mean. Okay. Well, who, who's among the lead leaders in, in assists in conference? Yeah, and they it's, shoot, it's Winston. Right, and they shoot well right. from three. They're just not consistent. But I still believe in them. They have a tremendous amount of depth. I believe in Tom Izzo. Jaron Jackson is a difference maker. Yep, I do believe in Michigan State. I think they get a, they're going to get one of those three four seeds. Okay. Right. You, you put them. You put them in like the two three region with Clemson. Oh my goodness! I take them any day right. on Sunday. Like. I do believe in them. Sure. I do believe Michigan State. I'm not saying they're not without problems, man, but do I do I like them as a, as one of the top would it maybe one of the top 5 teams I would pick if you gave me a group to win the national title? Without a doubt. Absolutely. Probably even top 3. They have all the pieces. Now maybe the pieces won't go together, but I they have all the pieces that are there even though Miles Bridges as I stated has been a little disappointing. Agreed. Um, yeah, I think it's a good problem to have if you're figuring out like who's going to be your go-to player and who's going to be your stud. Obviously, in the Purdue game, that 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 script played out as Bridges being the stud. We're going to put it in his hands and let him make a good decision, um, even if he doesn't do the actual play drawn up on the whiteboard. So I, I, I'm with you that it's a good problem to have to say like, okay, you know, where are we going to go here? Oh, we have lots of options. Here, here's my point, man. If you t- last few years we've had the the situation where we've had these super monster teams. We talked about this last time, right? Yeah, yeah. Do, like if they were playing the Frank Kaminsky Wisconsin team, I'd say there's no chance. If right. they were playing the you know the Cat team, the, the Kentucky team, but they're sure. not. And that's what I've had. To, that's why I've come around on Purdue. That's why I've come around on Virginia. This isn't your typical year. Kentucky, totally, who's totally play, true. Kentucky right now, who's fighting hard in Auburn and is down six with three minutes to go, they have the 38 stars and everybody scores five points. So in lieu of not having that team, why can't Michigan State make it? Right. That makes my perfect point. sense. Like, at least, you know, from what I'm seeing right now, but are they flawed? Of course they're flawed and so is everybody, right? And, and yeah, and if you're going to look at the NBA draft boards, like, you know, to say like, okay, who's going to be the best player? Like who has the best NBA potential? Um, you know, we're looking at Aiton, uh, Arizona. Absolutely flawed. They've showed it multiple times during the season. Uh, we'll, we'll find Bagley. Absolutely flawed. Lost to St. John's. Uh, lost to Boston College. Um, a flawed team. If you're going to include uh, Porter in that mix, Gus, I, been, I think they have. He's been injured all year, so I, I totally get where. Like, where's your dominant player? I don't know if you're going to find him, Gus. I think I, I was watching. You know, Duke blew the doors off of Virginia Tech in the second half. I think right. they had like one foul at the half. If you have one foul or two fouls at the half of a of a, of a Division One basketball game, you know what I mean. You're not playing defense. 
Like it's just isn't two because they had one foul at home. I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, they're, they're just they're blatantly not playing defense. Blatantly, right? And, and like you've said before, a little bit by design. Yeah, like that. Like, and like and a that's, little bit by design. That's what's going to win a title. I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't think so. I'm no, going to tell you right now. I don't think so at all. Right. Not not unless you have the depth. Like we said, the only reason I like Michigan State against Purdue, I told you this, because they got four bigs they can throw it throw it at Haas. I mean that that's a, they play defense, but they also bang a lot of bigs in there. Who's coming? Who's coming in? Jack White's come off the bench for Duke. Come on, man. I, I yeah, I'm with you. I think the the defensive efficiency number for Duke is just still a little too high. I mean, it's still hovering in the 60s or 70s. Where if you take a look at Michigan State's defensive efficiency number, I mean, they're in the top 10 in Ken. They are. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think your rationale there makes total sense and holds a lot of water. And I think there's a lot of metrics to back up what you're saying. So I'm totally with you on that, without question. Um, and then how about uh, South Carolina loses to Tennessee? So funny. Right, like South Carolina loses uh, sixty-seven to seventy. Uh, number eighteen, Tennessee gets just gets another win. And like you know, the, I I think you know we don't want to shortchange Tennessee, but at the same time, like Mike, it is Valentine's Day. Does Mrs. Mike Randall have like a text rundown for she the does, show? For it, us? She, she does. It's so funny that you brought this up. I this was I did not know that this was going to be on the show sheet tonight, folks. But this is really great. The answer is okay. yes. I can't believe really. Yeah, last night I went two and one on my picks, and the one of them, and you know, women have these intuitions, folks. Don't mess with your wife because she just knows stuff. It's just I give up with fantasy football. She likes these plays. Oh, who's check Miles Austin this year a couple years ago. It's fantastic. But she does this again. She predicted and Gus's witnesses, she predicted that Harvard was going to beat Cincinnati and win their first NCAA tournament. She was she locked it up. She said it's like lock. Harvard's winning the game when they won their first time in their NCAA tournament. She has these yeah. weird feelings. So the, the Chambers team, right? Yeah, okay. She uh-huh. says she said to me, you know, what, what? What did you make any bets? And I said, yeah, I made a couple bets. And I told her. She goes, what about South Carolina? Because for some reason, she's watched South Carolina. <laughs> what? Right? what about South Carolina? And, and I said, well, I, I took Tennessee. She's like, oh, well, what's the, you got to give the points, right? Because I, t- I said, yeah, I give ten and a half. She goes, oh, you can't give ten and a half. I go, what do you mean I can't? She goes, you can't. She goes, they're not going to win, but they're going to cover. And, and, and Chris, for her to be at this point is just – she said it as she was like getting milk for my son. Like she, she was very dismissive and that's when I know she's right. So I'm stuck because the game had already started, okay? And I'm not – I can't pull the bet back and I'm not going to bet against myself. And so I, It's just making sense. So anyway, so we have an – we started having an argument last night because at half, Tennessee is up four and the second half spread is five and a half. So I go, should I bet – South Carolina plus five and a half. She goes, well, I don't know what that means. I go, well, if you're really sure that they're going to – then I should then bet the second half line and take the five and a half. She goes, that's too complicated. I go, no, it's not complicated. They're up four. The spread is second. is five I, I, and a I'm half. I'm with her on All this right. one. <laughs> she goes, no, no, forget it, forget it, forget it. But I'm telling you right now they're not covered. Anyway, so last night I did my solo pod. I watched. They got up 13. Then South Carolina cuts it. Then they get up 13 again. I go downstairs. I do the solo pod. I wake up. 77. I go upstairs, 70, 70, 67. She wakes up this morning, you know what she says? I told you. I told you. Like, she goes, because I, I watched I, that entire like, first game. I know Tennessee. I know South Carolina. Ah, okay, it's fine. And you, and you knew Booker was going to go 0 5 in the first half and then become Larry Bird in the second half? Really? Whatever. She's right again. Sorry. Look, look that's my story. Words. You don't argue and say, uh, honey, great call. That's my story. They're not covering the 10. She's cleaning dishes. They ain't covering the 10. Oh, okay. I just watched uh, Henry Hill fixing the uh, Boston College games on the 30 for 30. Oh, thanks, Henry Hill. Any other spreads you got, man? 10 gets to 20? All right. Whatever. Uh, Moving on. Was- I'm sorry. This is Mike Randall. Speaking of speaking of Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day out there, everybody. We hope that you're spending some time with the people that you love, whoever those people might be. Um, even if, even if it's uh, you know, even if it's just uh, you're, you're, even if you're spending a little time, quality time with your pet who you love and you take great care of, we're good with that too. But hopefully, uh, you know, spread the love out there. Let's go. Speaking of love, Mike, you know what I got? I got some secret crushes, or maybe not so secret. Crushes. We both do. We both. This is great. I got three stamps, Mike. I'm going to put three stamps on some envelopes. I'm going to send out my secret crushes right here on the podcast. Um, you can send uh, – here, here are the rules for our secret crushes. You can send a, a Valentine and your secret crush to one player. You can send it to one team and you can send it to one coach. And, you know, I, I just picked up a whole bunch of new like Forever Bird stamps. I was pretty fired up about that. Um, and I just burned up um, those Ezra, Ezra Jack Keats like Snowy Day stamps. They were really cool. I got those for the holidays and I had some left over. Uh, the Snowy Day is like one of my favorite uh, Ezra Jack Keats books, followed by a letter for Amy. You know, people, kids out there, you might want to, you know, dial those up, those at nighttime for a little bedtime read aloud. He does there's a, a lot of amazing um, 
literary uh, writerly elements in both of those books. Um, so you know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my stamp. I'm gonna write out my address right now. Um, and and you know what? I'm gonna send my first secret, not so secret crush, up to Vermont, and I'm gonna send it to Coach Becker. When you go 16 and 0 in conference and you win your conference tournament. And then you follow that up with an 11-0 start in conference play minus your best player, Anthony Lamb. I think that you deserve a Valentine and a secret crush. It sounds like Coach Becker is going to make a lot of money someplace, whether it be at a place like Vermont with a really long-term contract and extension due to his unbelievable success there. Or maybe it's a place like Louisville. Or maybe URI when Hurley goes big and leaves there. Maybe it's UConn. Or maybe even Syracuse when that string runs out. But in the meantime, let's enjoy this catamount ride while it lasts because it's kind of amazing. More on Vermont later in the mid-major podcast this weekend. Uh, we have some uh, some other interesting elements and some news to report. But my first not-so-secret crush Valentine goes out to Coach Becker and Vermont. Well, that's beautiful, my friend. And Vermont's been Outstanding. I don't know who the heck uh, Jack Keith, all those other people you're talking about, but as far as far as far as as, <laughs> as, far as uh, sounded really good. Uh, letter to Amy sounds good, but uh, as far as John Becker, great, Vermont, great, great book. Dial uh, it up if you you know go to the your local public library. They'll, uh, they'll have it for you there. We'll do that right after I, I I figure out that Kendrick Lamar is a man. We talked about this last time. I didn't know that, but uh, John Becker, Vermont. It's an excellent one. Mine's going to be no surprise to anyone who listens to Screen the Screener podcast. It's Mick Cronin. I have predicted the Bearcats to go to the Final Four at the beginning of the season, and I'm staying with that. They are now 23-2 and and undefeated 12-0 and in the American Athletic Conference. They have won 16 games in a row, which may be the longest winning streak after St. Mary's got shellacked by Gonzaga. Now, sure, they have a very difficult schedule coming up. We're going to sort of put the feet to the fire here at Houston, and that's pretty much Houston's last chance to make the tournament. So that's going to be a very difficult game tomorrow night because Houston thinks they can probably make the tournament. They got to win this game. But that's going to be a nice test. Then they got Wichita State at home. The place is going to be nuts. They got UConn. Who knows who's coaching that game? Then they got Tulsa at Tulane and then at Wichita State. Cincinnati has a tremendous defensive team. They have a system. They've been consistent. They struggled last year with UCLA, but they played their guts out. This is a team, Mick Cronin, very Archie Miller-like, could get over the hump and make a Final Four this year. I love this team. They need some scoring. Kane Broom off the bench has helped. Everybody talks about how great Gary Clark is. I know. I'm still waiting for it. I was hearing today how great he was on another podcast. Waiting more for it to happen. They got balance. They defend. They have a great coach. He's a little angry. I like the edge. I'm sending my partner. Still going with Mick Cronin. Love that you're sending it out to Mick Cronin. Just to speak a tiny bit on Cincinnati there, do you know who the number three team in Ken Palm is? Oh, they're phenomenal. They're they're phenomenal. It's Cincinnati. The only argument is they haven't really played anybody. I mean, I know. The water bottle with with Fran Dunphy, the Temple game, they escaped. But they really haven't played much, and they look terrible in those back-to-back losses in the Crosstown shootout, Xavier, and Florida. But outside of that, they're pretty darn good. They do have a win at UCLA. I'm sticking with them. Like it, like it very much. I think that's a go look at their metrics. It's kind of amazing, um, and they're the number two ranked defensive team after Virginia, of course. So uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get my next envelope ready. I'm gonna get the, my you know my bird stamp on it, and I'm gonna send it down to Nashville, Tennessee, and the team that I have a not so secret crush on. I'm gonna send a Valentine out to Belmont. They've won nine out of their last ten. They have not one but two studs. One of my favorite mid-major players, Amanze Aguizzi. He's averaging about 17 points, about six boards, shooting about 50% from the field, 41-plus from three with over 70 makes, 81% from the line. And they also have 6'7", Dylan Winder. It's about 17 points, nine boards, two and a half assists. He's shooting 54% from the field, 39% from three with 51 makes. Two great shooters, of course. Coach Bird always does a solid job. He's an unbelievably underrated coach. Great, great coach. And they have a point guard that will not get rattled in Austin Luke. The seniors averaging over seven uh, assists a game. And throwing a win over Middle Tennessee State and Vandy and Western Kentucky and a few really close misses against Washington and TCU. Stamp is on the envelope to Belmont. Love that team. They win their conference tournament. You don't want to see them as a 14 seed. You sure don't. 
my team that I'm sending my Valentine to is going down south, partner, to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh. They have all of the boxes checked for a team that can be that surprise Final Four team this year. They actually have five-star players, Gus, unlike Kentucky, who lost by 10 just now to Auburn, who actually score points. Is that amazing? I mean, Hamadou <laughs> Diallo had a huge six-point game tonight. Well done, as always. A little shot at Kentucky. but m- m- Mystery. Absolute mystery. Alabama has Colin Sexton, who's a big-time scorer. He attacks the basket. He Done. opens up jump shots for Petty, who can either be nothing or he can be on fire, which I love about the guy. They got great role players. Ingram, Braxton Key, Avery's son. Dante Hall was injured. Sexton was injured. They got a win over Auburn without Sexton. That's going to age pretty well, partner. I'll tell you that come Selection Sunday, especially when Auburn was a two-seed in this bracket release show. Sure, they've been up and down. I understand that. And they got some head-scratching things. If you just look at their last few games, they beat Auburn without Sexton. They beat Mississippi State. Then they lose to Old Miss, go figure. But then they beat Oklahoma at home. Then they lose at home to Missouri. Then they win at Alabama by at Florida by 18. Then they lose at Mississippi State. Then they beat 15th ranked Tennessee at home by 28. Then they beat LSU. They're going to Kentucky on Saturday. They have a great coach in Avery Johnson. NBA coaches that come back into college or go into college always, always do well. He's not Shashevsky. He's not one of these top guys, but he's a darn good coach over replacement. This is a team that can get that can get hot. If you're looking for a group that is mediocre during the year or very up and down, but you know in your heart that they have talent. Right now they're sitting tied for fourth in the SEC. This smells like Xavier last year. This smells like South Carolina last year. Eight and five, 17 and nine overall, two and a half games back of Auburn in the toughest conference in America, the SEC. I'm sending it to Alabama. I love everything about this team. Totally, it's totally spot on with the NBA coach coming down. I love that angle. Obviously, we can just look at the success that Lon Kruger had making his Final Four two years ago. Can look at Coach Musselman out at Nevada. You can even throw the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, who wasn't a coach, but he was an NBA executive coming back and had great success at Iowa State. So I am totally on board with the NBA coach with NBA experience that comes back down to the college level and find success there. I think that's a recipe for success, no doubt. My last secret crush, my last Valentine isn't going very far. It's just going across the river. It's going across the river to St. John's, and the player I have a secret crush on is Shamori Ponds. They got a three-game winning streak. The Johnny's irrelevant again. People are talking about him, including us, all over the college basketball landscape, and it's all due to his play. Listen to these last four games and the last four performances from Shamori Ponds, the guard from St. John's. All right, how about 31 versus Xavier? Everybody good with that? How about 33 versus Duke in an unbelievable upset, possibly the upset of the year? How about 20? How about 26 against Villanova? Everybody okay with that one? How about 44 versus Marquette? Yeah, he's doing okay. Hello, first team All Big East. Hello, NBA draft board. Hello, bubble talk if they run the table. Hello, a national scene. My last crush and Valentine is going out, rightly so, to Shamori Ponds from St. John's. Well, my last Valentine going out is to Jock Landell because I really think that St. Mary's is going to make a run, and and I really think that that Gonzaga game was a mirage. Of course I don't think that. Give me a break. My last Valentine is going out to Rory Hashimura of Gonzaga. Let me tell you something, folks. Gonzaga's got a phenomenal coach. They have depth. They have size. They have mojo. They have chemistry, right? And they have a difference maker. He's got to be the best 11.4 point per game player we've seen in the last 25 years. He is so Giannis Antetokounmpo-like, like my partner correctly said the other day. He can score. He can shoot it. 
He can rebound. He can dribble. He can run the floor. He can get the weak side. He doesn't have to guard the best big. There's Tilly. There's Jonathan Williams, who's like Corliss Williamson, and he's refreshed and replenished now because now Tilly's inside, which I don't know why few didn't figure out, but that's fine. They got shooters now. They got guys off the bench. I know their three-point shooting hasn't been great, but they can get hot. You know why? Why can't they get hot? Can Purdue get cold? Can other teams get cold? Of course. You saw Michigan last year get hot, and they made a run to the Elite Eight. Rory Hashimura is one of the handful of players who can put this tournament on his back. He's averaging 19.9 minutes, 11.4 points, 4.4 rebounds, one point uh, a block a game. He's phenomenal. That's my difference maker. And I'm not a Gonzaga guy. You guys know that. But what this kid can do is very special. And if you put him in the hands of Bill Belichick-like Mark Few, it's dangerous. And if this team turns into Santa Monica Track Club like they did the other night against St. Mary's, Watch out, world, because Gonzaga could go back-to-back and a belly-to-belly to that Final Four. Difference maker, Valentine, Ruri Hashimura, Arigato. Love that. Wow. Uh, I have to tell you, we, we, you know, we, we script out a couple of things. This is one of the things that Mike left off the script. Not I'm on the script. Excited. Gut excited to my hear heart. that last Valentine. You heard my heart on that one. And it bothers me, but you know what? It doesn't matter because I want to be right. And Rory Hashimura is being right. This is part of your quest, isn't it? It's part of your quest to get the perfect bracket. Every single I, bracket. No one will agonize more over the play-in game between the 11 seeds <laughs> than I will. That game will be so, – I may do a separate pod on Monday morning and Selection Sunday <laughs> on the 11 games. People are like, what's wrong with this idiot? <laughs> I want I want everyone to be right. I want the 15 seeds to be right. I want the you know people say eight nine games. I flip a coin. I'm not flipping a coin. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to Ken Palm and I'm going to Sagarin and I'm going to Gus's notebook and I'm going to get them all right. But you know what I'm getting right? Rory Hashimura. Listeners, I'm just going to dive in right now and say if you like what you're listening to, <laughs> please, please. Give us a follow on Twitter at SES Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. If you are not enjoying the diatribe that Mike just gave on his Valentine and Secret Crush, I don't know what else you want from a college basketball podcast. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show via uh, Gmail, please do. SESpodcast at gmail.com. We've interacted with a whole bunch of you guys uh, via that communication medium. Uh, if you really, really and I mean really like what you're listening to, like you're going to send us a Valentine in the mail and put a nice stamp on it, you don't have to do that. You know what you can do instead? You can hit up Apple Podcasts. You can give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And you can just say, hey, I really like what I'm listening to here. You can do that just like Turpin 10 did. What up, Turpin 10? Ahoy out there. Thanks, bro. He says, must listen for all college hoop fans out there. Thanks for the great stuff, fellas. And we're just going to say thank you to you for that nice review. You give us a nice review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout-out just like Turpentine. Yep, that's beautiful. I love the sound of that. Um, if you're looking for some screen-to-screen or on print, you must hit up Mike's site, RandallRant.com, and you can dive further into his brain, which I think we all got a little peek of there, uh, of what is going on in his college basketball mind in his unbelievably fabulous short corner. So you can access more screen-to-screener through that avenue as well. So listeners out there, we just want to say thank you. Again, like Mike said uh, earlier with the mid-major podcast, uh, we're just getting a lot of nice like feedback from the listeners out there. So uh, it, it helps Mike and I like kind of put together a game plan of what we want to talk about and also, you know, gives us like some motivation and be like, okay, we, got, we know people are out there loving what we're talking about. Um, so we're just going to keep doing it and keep pumping it out for you guys and, and, and making sure that we're giving you something you can enjoy during your busy week. So thank you out there, listeners. Uh, Mike, we got one more thing for the listeners out there tonight? Yeah, here's my last thing. We got listeners that are just beyond more talented than, than us and especially myself. Could someone tweet us that picture on that GIF, GIF, whatever it's called, of the guy with his arm around the girlfriend looking at the other girl? And can you superimpose – Rory Hashimura's face <laughs> and then like put the screen, the screener emblem and have me looking at Rory Hashimura while my arm is around Jock Landell. If anyone can do that and send that to us, <laughs> we'll, we got t-shirts coming for the screener. I will send you a t-shirt for free. That, that GIF or that picture 
of the guy checking out the other girl. I want to be looking at Rory Hashimura while I'm hanging out with Jack Landau. That's what I want. That's what I got to say, partner. How's that? It's beautiful. I love that visual. I think almost, I mean, I'm not even like a big, like a social media person, but I understand what you're saying there and I get it. That's beautiful. I love that little picture that you painted artistically. You're very Ezra Jack Keats like with your illustration there. Very I, nice. I made a note of it. I got to look this up. I, I got the guy is just, he's so he's much smarter than me. I, I got to stop, stop it. Now. It's not he's, true. He's worldly and I'm sitting here trying to figure out who's winning the playing game between Kansas State and, uh, you know, and, and look, I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm going to be sweating over it just like you. I, who knows? Who you're knows? a renaissance. You're uh, you're Tony Randall. I'm Jack Klugman. People don't know who that is. Okay, whatever. It's fine. So Boise right. State's up six. All right. Moving forward. All right, listeners. We're going to end this podcast right now. We're going to try to you know close up shop and get it out to you guys. And then we are going to view the late night Mountain West game and hopefully enjoy the absolute madness that could take place there with first place on the line. Uh, again, listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. We're so thankful. We're humbled. We're honored that you guys carve out a part of your week and let us keep you company during that part of the week. So thank you for that. That's really, really cool. Um, and we hope that, uh, you know, you hope you don't, we hope you don't mind us as like, you know, good friends keeping you company along the way with whatever you're trying to accomplish, whether it be uh, errands during the week, a commute here and there, maybe a train ride or a bus ride. We're right with you, man. We're, we're right there alongside of you and we're hoping we're keeping you company. So thank you, thank you, thank you, listeners. We appreciate it. You know, Wichita State's favored by 11 over Temple. Why are you even discussing Temple and wagering? Why? I don't know. Why? Why are you driving yourself crazy? All right. I'll just bet Rory Hashimura given 24. <laughs> uh, listeners out there, thank you. Cheers. Arigato. Gratulatia. Salasha. St. Mary's going to San Francisco. Little frisky there, Jack. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.